tonight. Want to give him time to come. What he feels of the Holy Ghost. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome to this pulpit. Amen. Praise God, everybody. Welcome to First Jesus Name Church. Got a question. Is this church going to remain Jesus' name? Are you going to stay the course? You're not going to change the name, are you? Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of Jesus. How many is glad to be Jesus' name? From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Jesus' name people just don't have church like everybody else. We're radical, fanatics, out of the box, over the top. Well, some of us are. Woo! My, 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 I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Brother Moore, for being so kind to let me come and be a part of these services. And uh, always feel right at home right here among wonderful, wonderful people. There's just some places you go, it just seems like family. If you reciprocate that, I don't know how you feel, but I know how I feel. If you feel any different, keep your feelings to yourself. Amen. Oh, I'm among friends. I appreciate y'all. I know I'm different, but, but thank God for variety. Amen. And I, uh, well, everybody, you know, they're saying that everybody is born an original, but they die a copy. Just be yourself. Amen. In the book of Psalms, chapter 20, can I read from the book of Psalms 23? One verse. David is speaking. I tell you, when you listen to Brother J.J. Barn, if that doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. If that doesn't ring your bell, your clapper's broke. Amen? That's right. If that doesn't stir your soul, your spoons fell out of your bowl. Heard a new one. If that doesn't wake you up, all your dogs are not barking. Man, that just, it's faith building. I believe everything. And it's sad that even some of our constituencies sometimes are reluctant and hesitant and skeptical when it comes to those miraculous stories of divine intervention. But I believe it. I've seen some of it. How about you? Psalms 23 and 4, David says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David said, there's a reason why. I'm not afraid. His rod and his staff gives comfort. And the Lord is with me. It was with conviction and I believe a stern resolve that David was very, very adamant about it. He said, I will fear no evil. And the word evil translated into Hebrew, the original Hebrew language simply means that which causes harm, misfortune, trouble danger or injury of any sort. David was saying, even in the midst of the most difficult and challenging times, I won't be afraid. I will fear no evil. Before you're seated, these are frightening and uncertain times that we live in. But I want to remind us, we don't have to live in fear or trepidation. Can I pre I know a little bit about slamming doors. 
closing doors. I've had several people to ask me, what happened to your fingers? People are very observant. Amen. I slammed the door on them. Went to pull the door to, and I forgot to leave my hand, you know, move my hand, and I slammed the door on it. I want to preach tonight, and I know the difference in closing a door and slamming a door, and I, I was pulling it too. I didn't mean to close it, but it closed. But I want to preach for a few minutes tonight about slamming the door on fear. If I hadn't hit you yet, I'm going to hit you tonight. Because fear for too long has dominated, controlled, and manipulated God's people. I wish I could get a dirty dozen in this house tonight that would join this evangelist and say, you know what? We're going to slam the door on fear. We're going to deal with the fear factor. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, it's going to be dissolved, eradicated, terminated, and eliminated once and for all. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. It was March the 4th, 1933, the first inauguration ceremony of the 32nd President of the United States, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He delivered that day a 20-minute speech. The speech consisted of 1,833 words. The highlight of his speech was the pointed reference to fear itself. He's addressing a nation that is experiencing a nightmare called the Great Depression. In fact, four years earlier, on October the 24th, 1929, the stock market crashed, plunging America into an economic abyss. Fear gripped the nation. Fear was real. The struggle for survival was also real. Knowing this, the newly elected president, he made famous and unforgettable these words when he said, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. In essence, he was saying, I think the only thing he was saying we have to fear are the dark negative thoughts that are lying inside the mind, thoughts of despair, thoughts of hopelessness brought on by a nationwide economic collapse. It was dark then, and it's dark in America tonight for maybe a different reason. Yes, it's dark economically, socially, politically. In fact, darkness has covered the world. Israel is at war. These are rather alarming times to say the least. And I believe the mind is under attack. The mind is the battleground, hear me tonight, where victory is won or lost. I believe that to be true in the natural but I also believe it to be true in the spiritual. And since we're going to spiritualize the message, the Word of God tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Can I get a witness in the house? And during the years of the Great Depression, fear was prevalent. Fear was predominant. Fear is very powerful. It remains an ever-present danger to the people of God. I am convinced that every Christian has been targeted by Satan for destruction. 
the enemy of our soul tonight is blindly bent on the demise of the church and every child of God in the church. Jesus called him a thief that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The apostle Peter called him a roaring lion that is seeking to devour. In fact, Peter said we are to be sober, we're to be vigilant. In other words, we are to be cognizant of his ever move. In fact, my Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. I believe we can put our finger right on his move and the next move because we can stay by the help of the Holy Ghost at least one step ahead of the devil's move. And yet Peter said he's as a roaring lion. And there's a reason why he said that. Peter didn't say, I want to point out that the devil is like a snake. And yet he was a serpent in the garden that deceived Eve. And brought sin into the bloodstream of the human race. The first parents of us all fell miserably that day as he appeared unto them as a serpent. But he didn't call him a serpent. He's also called in the book of Revelation a dragon, but Peter did not say that he was as a dragon. Amen? You've got to understand something. Yes, he is a serpent. Yes, he is a dragon. Amen? But when it comes to describing how the devil wants to destroy the souls of men and women, boys and girls, Peter used the lion. Because a lion by nature is a predator, a killing machine. They're powerful. They're wild. They're vicious. In nature, they're at the top of the food chain. Lions, I want to point out, hunt. Make no mistake about it, the devil is a hunter for the souls of men. And he has no greater purpose tonight. He has no stronger desire than to destroy the very thing that God loves the most. The souls of men and women. How many is ready to rise up in a Holy Ghost defense and send a message to hell's dark, dark domain that God has not given us a spirit of fear but love and power and a sound mind. I've come to preach against the spirit of fear. I've come to remind us by the help of the Holy Ghost uh, we can slam the door on fear and unnecessary worry and somebody praise him. All scriptures given by the inspiration of God meaning that God breathed. And there was a reason why he used a lion in describing how the, how the devil wants to work. You've got to understand, he said, he's as a roaring lion seeking whom he might devour. The roar of a lion can be terrifying. They often roar to mark their territory, to announce their dominance. They roar to intimidate their rival. In other words, to strike fear within their own pride. It's no wonder the devil is likened unto a lion. I want to preach tonight about the devil's most powerful weapon. It's insidious. It's destructive. It's called the spirit of fear now evil spirits are recognized by what they do and the demon of fear is no different yes I'll go on record tonight and tell you that fear is a demon it's of hell it is not the will of God that you are controlled manipulated and constantly living under a cloud of oppression and unnecessary worry 
feeling like there's a booger behind every tree. And if it wasn't for bad luck, there'd be nothing good happening, no luck at all. I've come to tell you, the spirit of fear, it's been dominant in some people's lives in this house. But God wants to give you victory over fear, anxiety, worry. Hey, if you want to shout, go ahead and shout. I know you can't shout it off. I'm talking about fear, but there is a name, and his blood is still more than a match for every diabolical spirit that hell belches out and tries to destroy the minds and the souls of God's people. Well, preach about it. Yes, it's insidious. Yes, it's destructive. Evil spirits are lurking in the shadows trying to find somebody that will listen, somebody they can influence, trying to find a weakness in the armor that they can penetrate. But thank God for the helmet of salvation. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the helmet of salvation. And that helmet will not allow those spirits to come into your thoughts and begin to breed destructive things, impulses, Thoughts, ideas in your mind. I'm going to preach, but I wish somebody that's not intimidated and you're not afraid to blow your cover, you'd just shout right now with a voice of victory, tonight is my night. I'm going home and I'm going to sleep. I'm not going to walk the floors. I'm not going to be a basket case. I'm not going to live my life on edge, nervous. I'm going to preach, but lay hands on somebody right now. I'm not going to be as long-winded as I was last evening, I don't think. I'm telling you right now, God's wanting to do a quick work in this house. It's not acceptable. I refuse these chains. Because fear is a devil. It's destructive in nature. Fear is a crippling spirit. Fear is bondage. Fear incarcerates the spirit of a person. It manipulates the mind. It deceives the heart. It wants to destroy your joy and rob you of peace, sanity. Fear is a magnet that will pull you toward disaster. Remember Job said... The thing that I have feared the most has come upon me. The thing that I have greatly feared has materialized. It tormented his mind. There were times in his life he gave serious thought and consideration about destructive things and bad things happening. What if this happens and what if this happens? And apparently he had been there in his mind and in his imagination. But can I remind you there are reasons why the word of God says what it says. It tells us to bring into captivity every thought and every imagination 
that exalts itself above God. Fear wants you to think it rules supremely. It wants to take God's place in your mind and spirit. But I've come to tell you that God is greater than fear. He's greater than worry. He's greater than despondency. He's greater than anxiety. He's greater than nervous disorders. Somebody's going home delivered tonight from an old spirit called fear. Yes, it does. It torments. Fear has what? Torment. It wants to terrorize your emotions, make you anxious, paranoid, afraid. A constant feeling of impending doom. That something bad. I can't put my finger on it, preacher. But I just got, I just kind of got this worried feeling. I'm going to tell you, it's not the will of God that we live our lives in that state of mind. Worried. Now, I know fear. There are certain types of fear. There's godly fear. But I'm not talking about godly fear. I'm not talking about a godly respect and an appreciation. I'm talking about the kind of fear that the enemy wants to put on you and reduce you to something inferior instead of you being strong you become weak instead of you being confident you just don't really know yet but I got news for you God has not given us that I'm going to tell you what the Bible says that God gives love and power and a sound mind that sound mind means discipline study it amen but fear It'll terrorize you, make you anxious, paranoid. Something bad is just around the corner. Amen? Fear, I'm going to say it, is of the devil because it is a devil. Well, thank God for the three amens. That's right. I said, I know there's one Satan but he's got a lot of adversary. He's got a lot of demons and a lot of inferior spirits and devils that he just releases and says, go get them. And they start reporting back, I can't get into their mind. What's the matter? You ever heard of that helmet of salvation? You ever heard of that shield of faith? You ever heard of that sword of the spirit? Well, I was wondering why you was all cut up and bleeding. I tried to penetrate the defense, and I took a whipping. I took a licking. I ain't going back there. And here's the thing about it. They say everything's not perfect in their life. And they're going through a trial. And their money's funny. And their change is strange. And people are sick in the family. And they got prodigals. But you know what? I cannot influence them. I cannot put that spirit of anxiety and unnecessary worry and fear. I cannot inundate them with a feeling of hopelessness. And he says, well, move on to the next one. I want you to know somebody needs to draw the sword of the Holy Ghost tonight, which is the spirit and you need to start slicing and dicing stand your ground and say as of tonight God is going to deliver me from this spirit of fear you can't live a normal life you can't be productive you can't have joy you can't be happy if you're constantly walking down beat down fearful afraid amen does this make sense? I'm 
telling you right now, fear is faith. You know what fear is? It's faith in the devil's ability to manipulate and control and dictate your life. That's right. But we know what faith is. Amen. Faith says in spite of the devil's attempts, in spite of his attack, in spite of, of all that he's trying. See, he may form, he, he, he may, you know, form weapons against me. He may scheme and strategize and plot, but they will not be successful. I, I live with the knowledge that he's constantly lurking and he's on the prowl, but it doesn't bother me to the effect that it affects the way I think and the way I talk and the way I walk, and I don't just go to church when I feel like it and I don't just get excited when things are going good but in the midst of the valley David said yea though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death I'm serving notice on hell that fear's not coming my way I will not be afraid of the arrow that flies by night no evil thing will come nigh my dwelling I am going to overcome I am going to slam the door on fear to wreak havoc in our lives. You'd be surprised at the Pentecostals that are so negative, derogatory, amen, just, just beat down. That's right. Well, it's the truth. Same people that run and shout, and amen, the preacher. Because everybody looks good in here. But what about when you go out there and the devil shows up and the problem shows up? Amen? Just send Jesus to the door. That's right. I'm telling you right now. It's the will of God that some people be set free from fear in this house. Amen? Fear that you, you're not going to be good enough. Fear you're not going to be accepted. There's all kinds of fears. Amen? And, it, and eventually, it bleeds over into the spiritual and it affects you. Fear of not accepting, fear of dying, fear of losing uh, your home, your automobile, fear uh, of something bad happening to your kids. Uh, I, I know fear is a common emotion among people. But, but see, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're supposed to operate at a higher level than the world. There's something about this Holy Ghost that doesn't just save you and make you rapture ready. It empowers you. It gives you the ability to process things and just continue to stay the course when other people would falter and other people would have a breakdown and a meltdown. I'm going to tell you, it's not about us, but greater is he that is in us. I'm here to preach and to propagate and promote the greater that's in us. I know fear is real. I know there's a devil. I know bad things can happen to people. But we're not going to live in fear because the Holy Ghost that is in us gives us the ability to have a balance in our life and learn how to shake some things off and just keep smiling and keep walking and keep living for God. Anybody want to slam the door on fear? Woo. Fear is a thief that will rob you of a thousand blessings. Amen. 
I'm going to tell you, fear and doubt are closely associated. They must be first cousins. I, I don't know. You're just talking about some of the what you've heard Brother Barn preaching and about how God can do things. And, and, I, and I got to thinking now, I know where I am. This is a Holy Ghost filled church. But, but I, I, I think maybe you felt it. You might not vote, but I think you felt kind of a little barrier, kind of hit, hit a wall there. And not everybody believes it. Why? Because it had happened for you. And, 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 you, and you, you don't believe that it will. And you hide behind uh, the gays called fear. And, well, well I just, I'm just not going to open myself up to that because I'm afraid that uh, if I open myself up and I even decide to give thought to the possibility, if I even decide maybe to, in, in my prayer life and in my study, to not even to even investigate the possibility that it could happen. You're, you're fearful to let your guard, you're fearful to add. You prayed one time and it didn't happen. You went on a three-day fast and nothing moved. Uh, and you say, I'm not going to do that again because that doesn't work. See, see, you're living in fear. The devil's convinced you that prayer and fasting and faithfulness uh, doesn't work. But we know to the contrary. We know that it does work. Uh, you just have to pray and then pray some more. You have to fast and then fast again. You have to come to church uh, and come back again. Uh, I got a little. I didn't get all that I want. But guess what? I'm going back for more. I'm I'm going to get along with God and I'm going to have a talk with God and I'm going to talk to him and he's going to talk to me some more. I'm not going to live in fear and let my doubts and fears rob me of the blessing. Amen? I'll go a little further. Fear is an enemy that will immobilize you. But in him we live and move and have our being. The devil wants us to run aground. He wants us to shut it down. He wants us to stand and then succumb to the storm. He, he wants to cause us to become immobile. He doesn't want us. To, listen, a church just looks better on the move. Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a man that travels. The church is mobile. The church is on the move. The church is active. The church is engaging. The church is moving. Uh, I'm here to tell you, a child of God just looks better on the move. I'm not talking geography. I'm not talking changing churches. But I'm talking about moving. Moving in God, adding to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, and on and on and on, growing and moving and evolving and allowing the Holy Ghost to constantly reinvent us. And we grow and we evolve into that fully statured of an individual that God wants us to be. And I'm not going to let fear rob me of my destiny, of where God wants me to go. Fear. Anybody want to close the door on it? I'll go a little further. It'll cause you to never reach your potential. Amen? I've heard people say, well, the reason I don't go to the altar anymore is because I'm fearful that I won't get the Holy Ghost. I, I, I've just come to the conclusion. I've just kind of resigned. 
the idea that it's just never going to happen. Living in fear. I'm telling you, you could start to this altar before you ever get here. God fill you with the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you've been coming to this church since its conception. Since this building was erected. And you don't have the Holy Ghost. I'm going to just be the advantage to tell you, honey. You need the Holy Ghost. And I'm just going to go a little further. I, I, I'm attacking the spirit of fear that, that's tried to come on some of you and says, well, uh, I'm a pretty good fellow or lady just like I am, and I'll probably never get the Holy Ghost. Uh, and you're fearful about it. Uh, and you're afraid to pray again. And you're afraid to come to the altar again. Uh, but I got news for you. Somebody at some point, I don't know if it's going to happen tonight. Uh, it may happen when you got good preachers in here. But I'm here to tell you right now, God wants you to slam the door on fear and he wants you to be reminded of a promise uh, that if you will repent of your sins uh, and get baptized in Jesus name uh, he will fill you with the Holy Ghost uh, he will make a new creature out of you I want to reach my potential I haven't got there and I'm not going to live with a fearful mentality that I'll never reach it. I know the largest room in the world is a room for improvement. There'll always be room to grow. But I don't want to be satisfied here when God says you can move up here. You can have that measure that you talked about. You can reach up and, and grab another rung on the ladder and start climbing a little higher. But fear says you won't be able to reach the rung on the line. You won't be able to pull yourself up. You won't be able to grow and progress. The devil is a liar. Well, I'd get prayed for, but uh, I've been prayed for before, and I didn't get my healing. See, you're living in fear and doubt, but it's time to slam the door. I'm telling you, God's all in this house. He can just pull up and park right beside you, and he can just will it to be. He can look at you and say, it's done. I believe it. Good news is we don't have to be paralyzed by fear or addicted to worry. For God has not given us that's what well, we know what He has given. Fear is a spirit from hell that wants to captivate, that wants to hold God's people hostage, wants to bring you into bondage and captivity. So that you cannot become all that God wants. See, God wants to use you. He wants you to speak the word. He wants you to lay hands on somebody. He wants you to witness. He wants you to invite somebody. Amen. God is greater than our fear. Oh, I could preach God's greater than our failure. Come on now, preach it. But he's also greater than our fear. And he is greater than our failure. He's greater than our mishaps, our mistakes, but he's greater than fear. See, I'm here to attack fear because there's probably not a person in this building that has not entertained those thoughts of being fearful. And, and you know how I pray? I'll just tell you. Talking about getting personal, here we go. Here's how I pray because I know me. I pray, God, help me not to worry unnecessarily. There will always be a little worry to a degree of concern better word 
Hello? But I pray, God, help me to be able to balance this thing out. Not, not, not to be controlled by fear. Boy, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a poor excuse for a preacher to get up here and preach all of this. And then I go back in the evangelist room and... what I'm going to do. Hello. Let me give you a good example. I wonder what they're going to pay me. Man, I got these bills. Hope it's at least what it usually is. I don't know. I made some folks mad. They may have cut my pay. I don't live that way. Hello. Or have a pain. And I had one last night. I've been having problems with the kidney stones. You didn't know that since I've been here. They hurt. Woke me up Saturday night. I'm all over the bed. I'm hurting. I know what they feel like. I know what it is. Been there, done that. Hello? I know what it is to pass one. And look down and see blood. I'm dying. I didn't know what it was. Hello? I got cancer. I got blood. All these crazy thoughts are running in my Because I, I felt something hot run across my back. And then I passed the kidney stone. That was about four years ago. And, and it's the same scenario leading up to that one. I've been experiencing it this last week and this week. Pain. But I prayed a prayer. I didn't stay awake. I, went, I finally went to sleep. Because I settled it. It got to hurt so bad one time, I thought, man, I'm in trouble. I could have to go to the emergency room. And I said, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I said, God, I have preached you to be the healer, and you've healed me many times. I don't need this inconvenience. I'm here to preach. Hello? I'm here to try to help somebody. And you know what? I have not had a pain since about 2.30 Last night, all day long. Oh, but you could get another one. If it happens, it happens. But I'm not thinking about it. I'm not living in fear. I'm not sitting around waiting. Well, it's about that time, you know. I'm trying to make a point in here. I'm trying to get down to everyday living where we are. Honey, I'm not going to live in fear. God is challenging every one of us uh, to be filled with power and love. Uh, and let him anoint our minds with fresh oil. I wish somebody would praise him. I wish somebody would dance. I wish somebody would leap for joy on this Monday night. He's greater. Can I preach a few more minutes? Hello. I heard y'all paid by the hour now. Not really. I like to mix a little humor because some of you about go to sleep on me, so I have to. Every now and then, give a little jab. Did he really say that? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> Woo! Hello. I'm serious. You can smile and be serious. 
when you know that you're in partnership, you're in covenant with one behind you that's bigger than the problem in front of you. The one that's behind you will back every move. Uh, he may not be afraid of me, but the one coming behind me, he'll take care of him. And his name is Jesus. My Bible says that he sent his disciples two by two ahead of him into every village. And the Bible says he sent them where he himself would follow or would go. And sometimes they got there and they met devils they couldn't cast out and diseases they couldn't heal. But he had already settled it. Don't you be fearful. Don't you be afraid. Don't you feel like you're not qualified, that you no longer have any worth. He said, because I want you to know, you just tell them we may not be able to do it, but the one that's about to show up behind us, what we cannot do, he will do. I'm here to tell you right now, there's a God in this house that's backing you. He's in your corner. He's on your side. He wants you to live in victory and peace and not fear. He's greater than the spirit of fear. I can't find one place in the Bible that suggests we're to tolerate fear. Learn how to coexist with it. It's true that fear, yes, is one of the most basic human emotions, but God did not save us to be dominated, manipulated by a devilish spirit called fear. Why do you call it a devil? Because it's an enemy. To every one of us, our spiritual growth and development. Amen? Fear will shut you down. It'll paralyze you. It'll immobilize you. It'll cause you to want to just shut down emotionally. Lock the door. Pull the shades. Turn the lights off. Feeling gloom and doom. You got the Holy Ghost. You're overqualified for that. Amen? We can slam the door on fear tonight. We're going to do it. If you want to grow and live victorious, you must. Not close the door, but slam the door. There is a difference. You normally don't slam a door accidentally. There's exceptions, I know. To, to, to slam a door, you have to put a little extra force into it. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands who's ever got emotional for whatever reason. And you left a room. But you left a noise behind you called slamming the door. Can you believe my wife has accused me of that before? Because I normally, if I close, I just barely ease it too. But when, when I'm a little aggravated or frustrated, y'all know what I'm talking about? Oh, not you. You're a preacher. Not you, brother. Not you, brother Moore. Get a Hello? And I go into the other room and I and I, I I pull the door behind me, but it's it's just a, she she recognizes me. It's amazing what's you know, sometimes they can just hear things, hear what they want to hear. And, and she said, Ah, oh, that door had a little different sound. It was a little louder than it normally is. Come on back in here. Let's finish this discussion. I don't want to. I don't like confrontations. Hello? Uh, I'm letting y'all in on a little bit about Samson. 
just get down. I kind of feel like I'm in good company, though. <laughs> There's a difference in closing a door and slamming it. Hello? Now, we won't go there. With There's probably a few culprits in the house, a few guilty parties in the house. They're slamming the door. Hello? Some people slam the door. Some people raise their voice. Some people knock holes in the wall. Hello? You know, my Pentecostal people, because I've had them to tell me, pray for me. I got an anger problem, preacher. I hadn't told anybody, but, man, I got holes in just about every room of the house. That's sad. That's sad. Amen? But, but I don't want us just to, you know, be nice about this and take it easy on fear. We need to slam the door. We need to settle it. Amen? Once and for all. In other words, why don't we take aggressive action against fear tonight? We need to declare war on the enemy called fear. David did. He took his fear problem to God in prayer. He said, I called upon the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from some of my fears. Is that what he said? No, he delivered me from all my fear. That's what David said. That's why he could say in Psalms 23, even when I'm walking in the valley of the shadow of death, and it's all around me. I will not be afraid. David understood that life is not always peaches and cream. And the devil is not going to roll over and play dead. He's out for blood. His fiery darts called the spirit of fear are constantly assailing. He wants to come in like a flood. He's always up to no good. Amen. He wants to keep your mind in the wrong place. Amen. But perfect peace have they whose minds are stayed upon the Lord. Amen. Peace, not fear, not worry. The peace of God is greater than the fear that tries to overtake all of us. And so is the love of God. John tells us that there is no fear in love or perfect love. Expels. It casts out. It casts it. He said that means it just keeps constantly. It comes in, takes it, throws it right back out. You can't stay here. This is a consecrated vessel. They got on the helmet of salvation. They got a prayer life. They're walking in the spirit. They've got a testimony. They got victory. They've been empowered. Fear can't stay here. There's nothing accommodating about this vessel that wants to house and hold fear. Let's give him praise. I'm just about through. I promise you. Woo. It cast it out. Another translation says it drives it out. It's time to get rid of fear. Slam the door on it. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So that means the more Holy Ghost we have, the less fear. Because perfect love gets rid of fear. And it's shed abroad in our hearts. What? How does it say? The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, 
let me just put it like this. I'm worried about you. Because you are an open target. You've got, you got a bullseye on your back. Because you don't have what you need to combat them. Amen? Didn't mean to be negative about that. Because the good news is you can receive it. It's time to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but rather be filled. 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 I want more Holy Ghost, don't you? Amen. We can be fearless and walk in faith. Even when he was a 16-year-old teenager, David wasn't afraid to face Goliath. King Saul and his armies were afraid. You've heard it before. But Saul and his army saw a giant too big to hit. But here's this little 16-year-old that saw a giant too big to miss. And to David's credit, he never called him a champion. He never called him a giant. Boy, the devil loves attention. He likes for us to be intimidated. Amen? I'll tell you something else. The father never referred to his son as a prodigal. That's on the positive side. And on the other positive side, David saw a giant. But he said, I'm not going to address you as a giant. I'm not afraid. Because I come to you in the name of the Lord. You may have a sword, a spear, a shield. You may have all the weaponry that you need. And you're accustomed to fighting and winning and bullying and intimidating. But you're not going to intimidate me because there's a God that's going to back me up. He was not afraid. That's why it's not that we're arrogant and egotistical. We're all flesh. We're human. understand that. But we can rise to a higher level and not be a basket case. And I know there are people that, that, that nervous systems is physical too. And people have nerve problems and, 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 and come under attack. But you know what? God can heal that just like he can a headache. Just like he can high blood pressure, diabetes. Just like he can arthritis. God can touch your mind and heal your nerves. And you never be a nervous case again. Never be a basket. Never feel with fear and anxiety and panic attacks. David saw a threat that needed to be eliminated. He didn't close the door on Goliath. He slammed it. He knocked him down and he said, hey, we're not quite through yet. Runs up there, pulls his sword, cuts his head off, and then begins to walk through the city and among the troops, showing them the head of the giant, proving that Goliath failed, that the enemy was defeated. The threat was eliminated and a victory was won. We all here preaching about victory and deliverance. I think it's time to win the victory tonight over fear. Musicians, if you'll come and begin to play something. Singers, uh, we will bring this thing to a close. But not until somebody addresses the fear factor. Amen. How many has ever been afraid? How many is easily spooked? Hello? That's really not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 
thoughts that come to our minds that says even though we're praying, even though we're believing, trying to believe God, we just live with this, with this feeling of hopelessness that our family's never going to be saved. That, that, that these members of our family that's battling sickness, that they'll never be healed. God does not want us to walk that way. I had a pastor out of state to tell me, he said, I was talking to a minister, big, what some would call a big name preacher, and a man that walks in the Holy Ghost, a tremendous teacher and preacher, very articulate, extremely intelligent, just, just a, a wordsmith with the word of God, and, but a man of faith and miracles and signs and wonders uh, follow his ministry. And he said, I was talking to him on the phone, and I just, in conversation, said, I'm afraid. And I was, he said, wait a minute. He said, that's a word you need to eliminate from your vocabulary. He said, we're the people of God. We're not supposed to go around afraid. Now, I know a lot of times it's just a figure of speech. It's just that. But sometimes uh, that's really speaking what we think and feel. We're afraid. We need to get rid of that word, I'm afraid. Amen? And saying, in Jesus' name, this will be done. Fear is a chain that will wrap itself around our necks and choke the spiritual life out of us. Anybody in this house tired of the chains of fear? Come on, stand with me. I say tonight in Jesus' name, break every chain. Every chain. There's a lot of chains, but God, break the fear that's in this house. Break that chain that's wrapped itself, that's been around some's neck for a long time and they've been trying to get free but it just comes back on them God wants you to be free fearful that you'll never be happy fearful that you'll never have a relationship that lasts fearful fearful that your family's going to be lost fearful that somebody's going to get sick. fear 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 in my preaching I want you to understand something this thing called life is a level playing field. Preachers, saints alike. I'm not up here and you're down here. I'm every day of my life trying to endeavor to practice what I preach. And there's a lot of times fear shows up. And it has to be dealt with. But in our own strength, in our own humanity, we're no match for it. But we're not alone. Greater, greater is he that's in you. We can plead the blood, speak the name of Jesus, begin to declare victory, and rebuke that spirit that wants to settle into your mind that is destructive. A spirit of hopelessness. Can we gather around this altar tonight? I wish somebody would just come around this altar and say, you know what, preacher, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take God at his word tonight. I'm just going to believe. And I know most people, we're private. We, we don't want people to know really uh, the thoughts sometimes we entertain, thoughts of fear and worry and hopelessness. Fear produces stress. And stress is a killer, according to science and the medical journal and, and, and all the professional uh, 
medical experts will tell you that, that stress is a killer physically, but it is also a killer spiritually if you just continue to live with it. And, and Because we're not, whatsoever is not a faith is what? Sin. Woo. I got some work to do. How about you? Because I don't want to be dominated by fear. Felt it when we was praying for this precious baby. It's going to be all right. Felt it. Amen. That wasn't just hope. It wasn't just a positive thought. But I felt it in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Situation y'all prayed for. Not yet. But wasn't there another child up here? That's the only baby that's prayed. There's another one. sickness running rampant among the children but in the name of the Lord we rebuke that and when it's your child there's nothing more personal and tender nothing more that will affect you than children lift your hand take somebody by the hand right now I'm telling you God is powerful and he can reach inwardly and he can calm the troubled waters that you have been dealing with for a long time if we shout if we run that's fine whatever but I'm telling you right now the Holy Ghost is performing surgery Lord what I cannot do for myself Take the fear. <laughs> Hello. In other words, I want to live my life in faith and confidence with a greater, greater assurance. David said, even though when I have to walk through the valley of the sh the death shadows are all around me, it looks like it's too little, too late. It's hopeless. He said, I'm not going to be afraid of it. Hello. That's the will of God. Sing it. God bless you. Slam the door. When you leave this service tonight, leave with that on your mind, God. I, I'm going to raise a defense against fear. I'm not just going to be on the defensive, but I'm going to wage an offensive attack against fear. I'm not going to be intimidated, shy, timid about it. I'm going to address it. Things that bother all of us, our greatest fears, it's time to challenge it. To confront it and declare in the name of Jesus, you have no place here anymore. But the love of God in my heart that shed abroad by the Holy Ghost is going to take care of this fear. Oh,
to slam the door on fear. All right. You're tired of it harassing you, bothering you. All right. Heavy burden that you carry, just worried, fearful. Come on. Oh, yes. God knows the things that we are fearful of. Come on, some of you ladies, some of you men. He looked up the mind is the battleground where victories are won or lost. Don't you ever be, and then you're not, but don't let us not be naive as to think that church people, our minds are constantly under attack, bombarded. There can even be chemical imbalances that work to a detriment. But God, God can balance everything out mentally. In our brain, the cells, the chemistry. In the name of Jesus.
your brother-in-law that we prayed for back here? Your brother? Have they left? That's fine. We were praying last night. It kept coming to me. Before I knew it, it just started coming out of my mouth. As you were before, so shall you be again. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He's in a recovery mode and I said, God, accelerate it. Anybody believe that? As he was before, so shall he be again. That's what we pray and believe. As you were before, so shall you be again. The mind, God's doing it. In the name of Jesus, give him praise. Glory, glory, glory. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good, yes. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good for God's people. Woo! For Findale, for Findale. Woo! And you turn it for my good, yes. Woo! <laughs> you take what the Turn it for good, all for my good, yes. You take what the enemy meant for evil. Sing it, turn it for good. You turn it for good, yes. You take it. You take what the enemy meant for evil. You turn it for good. You turn it for good.
You slammed the door. <laughs> Has anybody ever slammed the door before? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I slam them a few times, but when you're the one that's got to fix them, you sure don't want to be slamming them on nobody else. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. But there's some things you and I need to slam the door. Amen. And then reach up there and turn that deadbolt. <laughs> Say, it's a done deal, devil. It's not my battle anyway. It's God's battle. And the gospel's not going to come up short, and he's not going to fail his name. So I'm going to win, regardless of what it looks like and how I feel. Victory's in sight. God bless you tonight. Appreciate you. Thank you, Brother Sam, for preaching the word to us tonight. Bless him. Appreciate each one of you coming, being so faithful to the house of God. Let's continue to pray. Amen. Because you know what? We're possibly facing some things that uh, if COVID caused you to fear and it caused this nation to fear as it did, I just wonder what some of this other that's unfolding is going to do. So, so we better take heart to the message tonight. We may need it just a few few days down the road. Amen. That God's going to lead us through this. Amen. Through the valley of the shadow of death. I don't fear evil. I don't fear evil. Evil's not going to destroy me. God's going to work it out. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. God bless you. Appreciate your faithfulness. Love you. I'm just let you be dismissed. The fear of the Lord. God bless you. Hey, let me have let me have your attention one more time. Uh, uh, this next Wednesday night is the last Wednesday night to put money into. The three buckets, Brother Ford's, Brother Ferguson's, and Brother Clark's. 
Mine's it's going to be taken out tonight and put away. And so you got from now till now. All right. No, you got to next Wednesday night, amen, to put into those buckets and amen, over who you want to see pie in the face and all that good stuff. And amen. I can bribe some of you if you'll just let me know, okay? All right. Now, we love and appreciate you. God bless you.